DenverCrush.com. Christmas letters, so many wishes, Lucy wants a squeezy dog, Jimmy wants a moon rocket, oh this list's rather long. Alright, you're not missing out, Jessica is here. The episode you're about to hear was recorded a few weeks ago at the LA Comic Con, formerly Stan Lee's Comic Con, formerly Kamikaze. Uh, Jessica and I um, had a bit of a weird scheduling issue with the convention, so we didn't know if anybody was actually going to show up. It kind of wasn't on the docket, and we were both kind of busy. I was actually manning a booth. And Jessica was running around doing 5,000 other things. So the episode you're going to hear is more or less one of our more old-school kind of jags that we go on. Mostly because we only had about... eh, We had a nice little show-up in the room of about 25 people. Which, if you were there, thank you for showing up. (laughs) Because we didn't know anybody was going to show up at all. It was kind of a very much of a last-minute thing on to the programming. Even though... They told us weeks in ahead that it was going to be there, and then it wasn't, so we weren't sure what was going on. So you're going to hear some riffing from me uh, and Jessica as we try to pretty much deliver something entertaining for about 45 minutes. Um, if you guys listen to the show and you know my incessive rantings and ravings, you will hear some things you've heard before and some things you haven't heard yet. Um, that being said, uh, as you hear this, it should be Thanksgiving. So, in that matter, if you're in the United States, Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. If you're not, um, uh, yeah, you know, still Happy Thanksgiving. I'd like to spread a little international cheer with our American holidays over here. But uh, I did announce on our Facebook page that we are running a holiday giveaway. I'm calling it Kaiju Christmas. Uh, mostly because it is our fifth year doing this, and as a way to give back to all of you who have been joining us in this little adventure for the last few years. And to kind of make up with the fact that we had a very off year this year. We didn't get a lot out. Um, Everybody's been busy. Hopefully we're going to change that next year. Um, But, again, to make up for that, I am running a contest. Um, As you read on the Facebook post... Uh, you had to listen to this episode to figure out how to enter that contest. And I'm about to tell you right now. Throughout the episode, I'm going to cut in with a, f- with, uh, a couple of questions. There's going to be three in total. And it's just a little bit of Googling. I'm not going to make them super hard. But they are going to be... You've got to do a little bit of sleuthing. Or if you already know them, then you don't have to. You just have to do the following. So, when you get all three... Uh, questions and you can answer them, you're going to email us. The email is thekaiju.kingdom.podcast at gmail.com That is our uh, 
you know, Gmail. Or th- th- this, if you ever want to get a hold of us outside of the Facebook, that is where you can get a hold of us. I believe Jessica has mentioned that in the past a few times. But you will enter there with the header Kaiju Christmas, and you will uh, give me the answer to three questions that I'm asking. <clears throat> and again, you have to listen to the episode to give me, because I'm not going to ask them right up front, because otherwise you just listen to this, and then you'll be like, yeah, I don't need to hear the rest. Kind of want to make you listen. Kind of want to make you earn it a little bit. <clears throat> that being said, what am I giving away? Well, that's the thing. Well, no, it's like a white elephant secret Santa kind of thing. I have a bunch of goodies I have amassed over the last few years. Uh, they're more than just promotional materials. They're, there's a lot of stuff. Um, they range from posters, books, a few toys, some trinkets, all variety of degrees. Nothing too expensive, but, you know, stuff that is very cool. Excuse me. And I want to share that all with you guys. So, if you live in the United States, and I'm opening this up to Canada as well, uh, past that, it's just uh, kind of a pain in the butt. And by the time this contest is done... If you are truly international, the the stuff won't get to you. I kind of want to get this to you guys in time for Christmas. So, open to U.S. and Canada only. Um, I'll try to do something for anybody that's listening internationally next year as well, because I have a lot of stuff. Um, But I am giving away 15 packages. 15. You don't know what you're going to get. That's the thing. They're going to be random, and what you get is what you get. Like, once you get it, that is it. I, I don't do take-backs, I don't do switchies, I don't do any of that stuff. So I'm hoping you will enjoy what I give you. And they're all kaiju, tokusatsu related. Everything is within the realm of what we talk about here. Uh, so it's something Ultraman, something Godzilla, something Gamera, you know, and everything in between. A lot of it's in Japanese, some of it's not. Again, all random. I'm opening up to 15 people. If you have ever entered one of our contests before, you're open. And it is open to anybody, like I said, in the United States and Canada. Hawaii and Alaska. I'm not doing that lower 48 nonsense. All of it. Um, So what you're going to need to do, like I said, listen through. And then when you have the answers, email me. The contest opens Friday, uh, November. I almost said October because I'm kind of... Kind of tired here. November 23rd. That's when we start. Starting at midnight. Because this episode will go up, uh, yeah, like I said, Thanksgiving, as you, you should be listening to this, or at least Black Friday weekend, if you will. And the contest closes on uh, December 7th, 12 p.m. in the afternoon. That's Pacific Standard Time. So midday. So that way, everyone has a chance. It's two weeks. If you don't get in on that two weeks... Sorry, I can't help you. I'm closing off midday, not this midnight nonsense, midday. So 12 noon Pacific Standard Time. So you have until then to enter. I will email you if you get the questions right, and you will send me your, your information, and I will have everything off to you uh, starting that weekend. So, again, I do have a full-time job. We're in the middle of kind of a busy schedule. It is the holidays, so... Everything won't be going out directly that weekend. We'll be going out within that week. So I hope to get everything out to all of you people who enter and win within the, the few days. So you get it all before Christmas. So that's kind of the, the time frame I'm given. That's why I've got, got the heart out with it. So that being said, you're going to jump in to the panel, and then I will cut in randomly with the questions, 
And then at the end of the show, we'll go over this all over again in case you guys have forgotten and remind you. So with that being said, I send it off to pass Chris and Jessica at the Los Angeles Comic Con. Like this year at San Diego Comic Con. Uh, well, it's, well, we have recorded in physically together in about what two months. So we got yes. a lot to catch up on. So we're going to go through. So I think you all like giant monsters and kaiju and stuff, right? Yeah. So we're just going to shoot the shit about all that. If you guys want to jump in at any point, seeing there's like eight of you in here, feel free. It's an open forum. But you're going to be on a podcast, though. This is going to go up live on our feed. Uh, we are the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. I am Chris Eaton. This is my lovely host. Jessica saying hi. So uh, for those listening at home, this, they can hear on my cord. Uh, make sure that thing's gone. Yes. Uh, we are here live at the L.A. Comic Con, formerly Stanley's Comic Con, formerly uh, Kamikaze. Kamikaze. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we are back live. So we're gonna people listening at home. We're talking between the people here at live and the people here live. We're talking between the people uh, on the podcast. So uh, yeah, so there's been a lot that's gone on. The last time we got together was at San Diego Comic Con. <laughs> we had uh, one of the Godzillas, TJ Storm, the legendary Godzilla, show up. He was uh, there. Hopefully, we can do this again next year with a lot more um, fanfare. We'll get him out. Like he's super down to do all this stuff, and he can tell you stories. Um, unfortunately, I he's told us stuff we can't tell you right now. So not until uh, the 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 next movie comes. Which, by the way, we didn't talk about that trailer. Hey, who's seen? I, I'm assuming you've all seen the new legendary trailer, right? Yes. Okay. That trailer, okay, so at San Diego Comic Con, Mm -hmm. we are always on at like 3 o'clock at the San Diego Central Library, which is like a beautiful location. Uh, We are also in kind of in competition with Hall H and their Warner Brothers legendary (laughs) panel. We've been shysted out of Guillermo del Toro three years in a row. Yeah. So every time he wants to come, he can't make it because he has to be on like the other side. Mm -hmm. Literally in the city. Yeah. And... The the trailer debuted one hour before our panel, so we were online trying to get it live. Yeah, we're trying to get people like, hey, you see all this cool crap? We have the guy who's actually the the monster running around. There. Come talk to us. Um, it's and again for uh, you 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 lovely lovely folks. Thank you. We will try to get them out next year. We'll have something super awesome for you guys next time. So if you come back, if you join us. That'll be that. So he didn't even at San Diego for this year. He didn't even see the trailer. Which he tells, first saw the trailer uh, at our panel, yeah. and he had to watch himself. He he got up, he sat in the front row, and then we. <laughs> it took us five minutes because they the AVP were like, "You need a uh, an iPhone." I'm an Android user, so after fiddling with stuff, we finally got the trailer up, and that was the first time the man who plays Godzilla got to see any footage proper rendered. Of uh, of his acting, if you will, so he uh, pretty much like hoot and hollered. He was you know it was just like damn, it's awesome, and uh, went on from there. Um, and then but, I asked him during the panel if mm-hmm. he was Godzilla in the new film. He said yeah. And then he wasn't. Sp- I was like I didn't know I wasn't supposed to ask that question. <laughs> but toward the end he was like, come on, everybody. Everybody knows. Every everyone knows. Let's yeah. not let's not fool ourselves. Well, not only that, but officially he's on the road with. Um, the guys that are playing Ghidra's individual heads, they got three actors. So each head is going to have its own unique uh, personality to it. Now, and, th- and this isn't anything where, like, he has he told us offhand this was 
through some press stuff. But, but one gentleman's Jason Lyles, yes. who was George. Mm. And then he's like the middle or the right hand? I'm not 100% sure on top of it. <laughs> who are the other two heads? Yeah. So, by the way, let's talk about that. Has anybody seen Rampage? No. Okay. So you guys saw Rampage. So literally <laughs> half the room has not seen Rampage. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So if you have it, go watch it. For those who have it, it's a fun movie. It's super awesome. It is exactly what you would expect out of an American giant monster film. And it's probably one, I, I say this with zero hesitation, it's probably one of the best video game movies ever made. Yeah. Past uh, possibly Silent Hill after that. But, uh, no, I mean, that that's... It, it, we talk about this all the time. We're in something of a renaissance right now. So, um, how, for the people in the room, how many of you guys go back a long ways with, with your love of this fandom? So, so how many of you were around in the 90s when the Godzilla movies were like coming out, but you had to get the bootlegs? Okay, <laughs> so most of them. Trying dark times they were. Very dark times. You had to come to shows like these and hope that some guy that looked like me... Wearing a much skimpier shirt, had the latest uh, laserdisc rips, and you were paying him an exorbitant amount of money for him. But you got him, and then you went home and prayed that they were synced up properly, oh. lest you get the the blue screen of death every time a, a super awesome action sequence came up. Oh, lost a lot of money that way. <laughs> but uh, no, we're we're in a great time. So right now, uh, this past year, we saw uh, not one but two animated Godzilla movies. Have you guys watched those yet? They're on Netflix. They're on Netflix. They're on Netflix. I heard so a lot of... The third one's coming yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, the third <laughs> so one's coming out. third one's coming out. Uh, mm-hmm. We have uh, Pacific Rim Uprising. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Again, very very tepid. Very tepid. And then next year we have um, the third... Or this this coming November we have... Um, what is it? Oh, Planet Eater. Did you guys... Has anybody seen the trailer for that yet? So Godzilla Planet Eater is the third in the trilogy of the uh, Netflix films, if you will. Um, the trailer's online. Um, pretty much Godzilla and a massive version of King Ghidorah. King Ghidorah, who's literally like a personification of the Galactus Cloud from the Fantastic, second Fantastic Four movie. Um, it's, a, it's a very interesting concept. It's something that, with the anime, that they, they didn't really delve into too far. With like You have the open world of animation. You could kind of make these things into whatever you want. You, he kind of grounded him a little too much in reality. King Ghidorah, they pretty much lives in like a black hole and comes out. The necks are like 10, 15 miles long. And uh, the they're also alluding to like an anime Mothra and uh, possibly finally using Mechagodzilla for this great gigantic battle. The sad thing of... The, so these films are frustrating for a lot of fans because they're it's a three-act, literally three-act structure over three films. So you're yeah. you're watching 90 minutes of a of the second film, which is going to be all just set up for the final. Um, and in the interim, uh, Toho is publishing these three books, these companion books to go with them, that are everything that everybody wanted for uh, these movies. They are uh, the first book is a is the story of how Godzilla and his kin rose up and completely decimated. Planet Earth and, and humanity's final battle before what you see the opening of the Netflix film, which is humanity taking off in these ships. There's every single monster imaginable in these things, and not only that, but they go deeper into the Toho lore. They they bring up um, Jet Jaguar as a as like a mech suit. They bring up Gunhead, which was this very odd, oddball '80s like cyberpunk movie 
that the um, special effects director of uh, the 80s Godzilla movies uh, directed. And it's if you ever get a chance, I think Magna, uh, Manga put it out about 10 years ago on DVD out here. It's as 80s as it gets. It's just essentially like an 80s Japanese Terminator-style film where a world run over by computers, they find this giant super tank called Gunhead that has its own onboard AI, and it... It's it's kind of insane. It's on a very low budget of what a Japanese budget would be. So it's very dark. There's a lot of stains everywhere. It looks like what George Romero or uh, George Miller would have done had he had just a little bit more of a budget for um, Mad Max. And it's set inside a giant corridor. Everything's inside and very dark. Uh, that is brought up into it. They bring up um, other Toho films, War of the Gargantuas. They bring up um, Gorath, the, 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 the runaway planet makes an appearance in these things. So there are these insanely wacky books that I have been harping on either Viz or Seven Seas to, like, please publish these. Like, because they're like, we, you know, what would you like to see? I'm like, this, because it sounds like the greatest fan fiction ever written that's official. It's officially sanctioned by Toho, which in any other time would have been completely, like, they would have said, no, what, what? You can't do that. That's too much. That's almost too much for everybody. They're forcing you to read. They are forcing you. I, I, I love reading, though. Yeah. Yeah. We also had Colossal. We did have Colossal. Anybody see Colossal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That was really good. That's it, and it's not a movie you think it's going to be. It's one of those um, subversive... The kaiju are more uh, allegories for um, uh, horrifically toxic relationships and uh, emotionally damaged people. It is brilliant, though. It is a brilliant film. If you get a chance, downstairs the booth, the um, I think it's the Legion M booth. They are uh, they have some merchandise for it, and I think they uh, are in um, they're part of Neon Films, which produced the movie. So when you guys leave here, I would say go check them out. They have a few things out there. If you get a chance, it's on Hulu. So if you've never seen it, give it a watch. It's uh, it's um, what's her name? My Catwoman. Uh, Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. And Jason Sudeikis. I love Jason Sudeikis. I'm not the biggest Anna Hathaway fan, but she's delightful in this movie. Completely delightful. Wasn't that also where the original poster at CinemaCon was a Godzilla ripoff? Yes, it was. And they got sued. <laughs> because they hired some guy to pretty much like, we need to sell this film because it was an independently produced movie. They threw Mazinger fighting the um, legendary Godzilla on the poster. And they're like, this is the movie you're going to get. And then it's not quite the movie you're going to get. Not only that, but it spoils like a big twist in the film too by putting the Mazinger robot in it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so How yeah. Did they so Toho. They, they did because this is what happens when you hire interns and you're not paying them <laughs> to do a job. Yeah. You're just like, look, this is what we're trying to pitch. You got some 19 year old who probably doesn't know what the hell a Godzilla movie is, and they're trying to explain to him, look, we're trying to sell this. Kind of like a Godzilla movie. All right, I'm just finding a Godzilla movie. I, I've dealt with this in jobs before where it's like, I need you, I need the specific thing. And they bring, so it's like, say I would need, I need a, a peach snapple. And they bring you back peach juice. It's like, what is this? It's like, you ask for peach juice. I'm like, no, peach flavored snapple. Like, listen, pay attention. And this is why you get in trouble when you, you know, you don't pay your people properly. And so they got sued, I think, or like, $15 million, which was far more than the budget for the entire film was. <laughs> uh, they settled out of court. They said you cannot mention Godzilla anywhere in this. Now, if you don't know, Toho is viciously um, protective of Godzilla and, and 
any any other characters. So you go out of the bounds just for five seconds. They, uh, I don't even know this. They sued Subway about ten years ago. Subway had a series. Remember they, remember they introduced the five five dollar footlongs, and they had those commercials like five five dollar footlongs. So in one of the commercials, they literally show a parody. It's a parody. It's it's a Godzilla looking suit running through a fake city with a Japanese girl going ah like that, and the Godzilla goes ah five dollar footlong like that. $15 million they sued him for and won. And they told him you had to yank the damn commercial. So if you look on YouTube, it's there because, like many people, you record crap at the time and then they go up. But now, the, after that, you, they couldn't. They had to completely reshoot the whole camp, like half that campaign, because Toho's like, no, 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 you, you can't get away with it. All right, you guys ready for question number one? So, currently on Crunchyroll, SSSS.Gridman is tearing it up. It is a wonderful show. Studio Trigger is knocking out of the park, and they are filling it with delightful, delightful callbacks to everything Subaraya. And they are also acknowledging the American version, Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad, a show I loved as a kid. Now, in the show, the American version, Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad, they changed the names of the three main characters. I'm not talking about the humans. I'm talking about what the American counterparts of Gridman and his two assist vehicle friends were. So, <clears throat> what I need from you guys is the American name of Gridman, the American name of the main robot, so the big robot that turns into the set of armor, and then the T-Rex-looking robot that turns into another set of armor. I want the American names of all three. It's a quick Google search. You can probably just find the toys and they'll tell you exactly what they are. <clears throat> Write them down in order. So I want Gridman, the Sist Robot, and then the T-Rex. In that order, they're American names only, not their Japanese names. So I only want Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad versions. So that is question one. I will be back with question two in a few minutes. Yeah, they, they, there have been a few people, there have been, so, back in the 80s, there was a gentleman trying to make a movie called Godzilla 8 Cleveland. Uh, he wrote a whole script. It was a parody. It was, it was in the vein of, uh, Airplane. So, like the Zucker Brothers movies. Uh, the idea was, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna purposely show how shitty these films are, even though they're not really shitty, they're just, they're on a budget. And at the time, Star Wars pretty much set this bar for everybody. They're like, yeah, we like the shiny-looking stuff now. Like, the guy in the suit isn't cutting it anymore. So this was 1982. There's no Godzilla out there. Uh, he pretty much wrote it. He had Paramount buy the script and didn't tell them, <laughs> I don't have the rights to Godzilla. So they were going through it. They made a, They went to Khan, much like how uh, many years later that Colossal ran into the same uh, problem. Uh, they ran to like they made this big poster called Godzilla Cleveland. There was literally a picture of Godzilla. He had boxing gloves on, and he was destroying Cleveland. And people running in the background, but you could see the zipper on the side. So one of the running jokes in the script was you can see the guy's bare ass hanging out of the Godzilla outfit. You know, it was going to be a big farce. I, I, I believe I read somewhere that they were going to get Leslie Nielsen to be in this film because they had already like it's like he's running off that airplane money already. So. Toho came in, put the kibosh on it. They're like, no, no. It's like because the 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 guy in a was like, I thought Godzilla public domain. I thought 
nobody owned these movies. He's like, I didn't think they were still making them. And they're like, well, no, we're not making them, but that doesn't mean you can just go make your own. And unbeknownst to them at the same time, the rights had already gone over to Fred Decker and Steve Miner. Steve Miner, the director of, How, of Friday the 13th, Part 3, in 3D. <laughs> and Fred Decker, who would go on to write and direct um, Monster Squad with uh, Shane Black and Night of the Creeps, two very wonderful little 80s kind of like horror films. Um, they were going to do a Godzilla movie. And meanwhile, so while... Uh, it, it, or Godzilla Cleveland was being kiboshed. These guys were actually trying to, they had the, the rights from Toho to like, we're going to do our own American Godzilla movie. And they wrote it. And it was going to be like a James Bond thriller mixed with Gorgo. So what it was was that um, the Americans find a baby Godzilla. They take it. They capture it. They study it. Mama Godzilla gets pissed off, shows up in San Francisco. All hell breaks loose because they inadvertently kill the baby. And it's us. Mama Godzilla's kind of angry. And then there was a Russian spy for some reason because. Because that's what you did back then. Because the Russians were the bad guys. A lot has changed now so many years, hasn't it? (laughs) So they were going to do a stop motion. They had Stan Winston, like, build a prop. He storyboarded the whole thing. It's It's one of these projects that's so wonderful that it almost existed, but it doesn't. Like, it's all there just for the fact that it was never shot. Because no one wanted to pay $15 million at the time. They're like, Godzilla movies are cheap. And you want how much? And Steve Miner only had Friday the 13th Part 3 under his belt at the time. And it was just like, yeah, that kind of made money, but it's not enough to, to do this weird thing you want to do. So at the so while that was getting denied, Toho kiboshed uh, Godzilla A. Cleveland, which was repackaged as It A. Cleveland. But unfortunately, all that bad press shied away every studio from it. So now it just exists as one of these wonderful lost scripts that's floating around on the internet for everybody to read. And then uh, an addendum to that, because I'm like Grandpa Simpson, I tell stories that go into stories that go into stories. Um, five or Ten years ago, Matt Stone Trey Parker bought a script for a film called Monsters Are Attacking Tokyo. It was, uh, unlike, um, unlike it, Cleveland was parroting this stuff, it was in a world where not a lot of people go to Japan, and so all the anime and all the monster movies they send out were not works of fiction. They were real things warning people, do not come to Japan. There are giant monsters here. And so it's about an American boy moving with his military father to Japan, realizing that everything about Japanese culture that you see cosplayers downstairs dressing as is real. Everyone has magical ninja powers. Uh, Pokemon are real. They're girls dress in Sailor Scout outfits. Like the government runs, they all have giant robots, and monsters on a weekly basis attack Japan. <laughs> and the kid loses his goddamn mind. And while he's there, there's a monster uprising, so they have to go find uh, the king, the super monster, I forgot his name, to come back. They have to literally go beg for his help because they shunned him off years ago to come back and fight for Japan. <laughs> Matt Stone and Trey Parker were going to do it, and then they got um, bored after doing, uh, was it Team America? Because they were going to do it with puppets and costumes and stuff. And Trey even said, he's like, we got so frustrated with the Team America puppets doing this constantly. Like, the heads would just rotate. They were like, we're trying to get them, like, they're like, yeah, yeah, it takes a minute. Like, they didn't realize what went into it. They're like, yeah, we're just, we're going to, we're going to put the brakes on this. I'm just going to go 
you know, pound a check for more South Park right now. So <laughs> it's unfortunate. Hopefully, I'm, I'm still hoping. It's a brilliant, brilliant script. It is masterfully written. It, it's a kids' film, too. It was going to be a very PG, like, kids, like, something you wouldn't expect from the guys that did South Park. That really shocks me. Yeah. So it's it's been one of those things that have been like, I've been trying to drag out more stuff about it, and there's no, sadly not a lot out there. But for last I heard that, that Trey and his and, and Matt did a pass. They didn't write the original script. They bought it. And they did a pass, adding a little more of their own humor to it. But it's lost to the ages right now. <laughs> All right. Time for question number two. So earlier this year, we were at Comic-Con, and our guest was the magnificent TJ Storm. TJ, as you might know if you listen to the show, is the legendary uh, Godzilla. He is the motion performer for that Godzilla, the big hulking Godzilla. If you haven't listened to that episode, go listen to it. It gives you a wonderful insight into the world of, of motion performance and motion capture. Now, we did ask about TJ's other roles, and he's very famous for one other role besides Godzilla. He was in an Another very large film series already, and it is Marvel-related. I want the name of the character that he portrayed in a Marvel-related film. It's not exactly a Marvel Studios film, but it is a Marvel-related film. If you can give me the name of that character, you're one step closer to getting those uh, prizes. So, uh, mark down question number two. The name of TJ Storm's character he played in a Marvel-related film. You give me the right answer and again, one more sip to those goodies. Now, stay tuned. I will be back with question three. The third and final one. <laughs> but we're having future films coming, though. Yes, we do. So we got Godzilla um, King of the Monsters. Godzilla King of the Monsters, which, by the way, did did you guys like that trailer? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, let me take a little poll. As fans, uh, A, what did you think of the 2014 film? Everyone's kind of like, yeah, mixed. Like, it was okay. There, there's a couple thumbs up. Compared to the Sony film we got 20 years ago. Oh, So there you go. So step in the right direction. Not quite what you were expecting, right? Like, not, not quite what you had hoped for, right? So now it looks like we're, we're moving. I've seen things. So I can't, I can't talk about I Just little things, but... We're yeah we're we're getting something I think that that teaser trailer that one where where Oppenheimer is talking in the background you see all the destruction we're, we're getting closer to that did you guys like Kong Skull Island yes, yes. see yes. okay yeah so yes. there I, that's that's where we're moving forward in and uh, Kong Godzilla vs Kong actually starts production I think this week really? they just announced Alexander Skarsgård is going to be the yeah. main the main lead and um, rolling over from the last film is. Um, the girl that plays was it Eleven on Yes, uh, Bob, on, uh, Bobby Millie Brown. Yes, I have not watched Stranger Things, so I don't. I, I, yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> um, so yeah, so she's rolling over for the next. So that they're connecting somehow, and the, they Adam Wingard's also kind of alluded that it's more than just Godzilla and Kong beating the crap out of each other. There's there's a lot more going on. So this is the final film under the, the current deal with Toho. But if both movies pretty much just rank, they're just going to rehammer that check. Legendary, the, the production company that that makes these films, has moved back to their partnership with Warner Brothers, which makes things a lot easier. So once I'm pretty sure they're already talking about like because I, I believe the last tracking number is based on, because there's tracking based just on, on 
on YouTube numbers alone that they're looking at the Godzilla King of the Monsters to do like maybe like 105 million opening weekend already. And the hope the hope is that Avengers bumps back another week like they did last time, which most likely they will. And it's just going to be swimming from there. Wonder Woman's no longer coming out a week after, so they don't have anything to worry about. Yeah. So isn't Toho, they're creating, because I was reading that after 2020, after Kong vs. Godzilla, Mm -hmm. they're making more of their own films. Yeah, that's been the consensus, um, that they're going to... The way it was worded, the way way that uh, Shinji Higuchi... So has anybody seen Shin Godzilla? Yes. Okay, so Shinji Oguchi, uh, co-director, special effects director, and one of the one of the guys who worked on Evangelion, he's been torn out here, and he's the people that ask, are you going to do another Shin Godzilla? And pretty much the board is no. Honestly, there shouldn't be another Shin Godzilla anyway. It, it's a nice, self-contained movie, and they can move on. But the thing that Toho can learn from that is that, much like, uh, you know, how um, Disney has been to a varying degree with Star Wars films, let these filmmakers come in and kind of tell their own stories with them. Like, be more open. And that was the thing that killed Godzilla back in the early 2000s, was that it's very cookie-cutter. Everything was just same as always. And then that's, after a while, people get bored, and they get, you know, they're just like, eh, I don't need to see it anymore. Uh, and then when they did try to do something with it, it was Final Wars, which I love, but a lot of people yeah. don't care for. Um, and we've had the director on our podcast as well. Yeah, she had him here at the show, come. like, Two years ago. Yeah, so. like you hit To the same turnout, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, no, we've had it. No, but Shin Godzilla, it is self contained, but I want to know the answers of what those little Godzilla people were at the end. That's Hidekiano for you, because he's like, screwed up. That's He's a, he's a, <laughs> he's a horribly depressed man who loves his, his, um, his pop culture, yeah. And that's just how he likes to end things. Just leave you hanging. He did that with Evangelion fans for about 10 years. So. Yes! Because the end of Ava, the, 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 the end, the literal end of that series was, I got pissed off with everybody, so you don't get a real ending. That was, that's what it was. And then he's just like, no, I'm sorry, I come back. We'll make these, we'll make the movies to give you a more proper ending. And even then he's just like, we're gonna leave it vague. I saw Shin Gojira at the opening week in Japan. And I did not understand it. I mean, at the end. And I was like, okay, maybe as an American, there's a language barrier. I'm not of Japanese descent. Things happen. Then it came out again in the U.S. I mean, not again. In the U.S. dubbed. Mm-hmm. Watched it again. Many things made more sense. So I was like, all right, I still don't get it. Am I stupid? So I went to go ask Japanese friends, not Japanese-American friends, friends in Japan, from Japan. And they were like, we also don't get it. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was like, oh, great. It's not just me. Yeah, there's no language Nobody knows. Anno's an asshole. That's what he I was to like, do. okay. It's he's just me. like, you know what? Yeah, he's like, I get to do my own. They asked him three years prior to that. They're like, would you like to reboot it? He's like, no, I'm busy finishing the third Ava film. And then apparently every time he does these Ava films, he has a mental breakdown. And he's just like, I need something to clear the palate, if you will. So thus, he, he Higuchi convinced him, because Higuchi had made those Attack on Titan movies. Mm-hmm. And say what you will about them, they made money. And they're like, what it, Toho's like, what do you want to do next? He's like, I want to do Godzilla. I want to do Godzilla. Because he got to do Gamera, kind of. He did the special effects for the three 90s Gamera movies, which is why they're so awesome. Um, and so he convinced Hideki to come on, and they're like, in Japan, Hideki is essentially, it'd be like, uh, who would be... Who's our equivalent? Who's our equivalent? Like in animation. Well, you know, I think the the close. No, there's we don't have like any big animators that are like just like revered as gods. It, the closest I could even make a comparison to is Gendy Tartatoski, who uh, created Samurai Jack. 
be like, hey, do you want to make a Godzilla movie? Which I'm pretty sure he would say yes to in a heartbeat. People love Bruce Tim. Bruce Tim, I think Bruce Tim too, and I think there's a there's also a correlation of being kind of moody guys as well. Um, nice guys, but moody. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's about the closest. But yeah, Ano's on a whole different level out there. Like he's in Japan, he's revered as almost like a god, of which he doesn't want any of it. He's just like, I just want to be left alone with my mm-hmm. with my toys, pretty much, and make my dumb little things. And unfortunately, they've become like the New Testament in Japan as well. Even Galen, pretty much from from people I know that've been there, they're like, for a while it was Gundam. Gundam was the Bible. That was your anime Bible. That was it was Gundam everything. And then Ava came out, and then. Yeah, there. Now you have people who are very much. It's 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 almost like a religious allegory, where it's like, yeah, the Old Testament, all that stuff. That's kind of New Testament's Ava, because it's weird and it's freaky, and it's like, this is the true word, and uh, everyone's been chasing that dragon ever since. So. I watched it with a couple friends, and one of them sat behind me, and he's a huge Evangelion fan, but mm-hmm. didn't know the correlation with Shingojira, and that the part that I like to call Disco Ball Godzilla, mm-hmm. when he just shoots lights out everywhere, uh, he leans in, and he was like, I don't know, something about the music, and the creature reminds me of Evangelion. And I was like, actually. Mm-hmm. And he, it was just so, it was not subtle. No, it's not. He it literally not he, he literally uses the themes from Ava on there too, the decisive battle to, uh, for one of the most uh, boring moments. It's paperwork being done. That's where you use the military march in there. And that's I mean that's kind of the whole base of the film is making fun of corporate bureaucracy and, and government bureaucracy, uh, which is a fascinating way to go with a Godzilla movie. It's just like interesting. I, I still enjoyed it. I, it. There's something about the fast talking, the way everything's done. It's like. This is this is kind of what I wanted out of the like what like the reason main, again the main reason why I love Final Wars because they dared to do something different and Shin Godzilla dares to do the same thing. The American movies are very much on like let's do what they did in the seventies but with a hundred and fifty million dollar budget <laughs> and yeah I'm like ah oh, cool with that I I like that I like that we're getting t- two flavors right now we're getting you know we're we're spoiled we're spoiled in everything right now the fact that there's a ton of the stuff on streaming unless you subscribe to filmstruck which otherwise you're screwed um and not only that but it's just it's there's so much now now that ips are the way to go like the fact that everyone's like what used to be popular all right let's remake that marvel was is indicative of that uh the fact that we're getting a valiant movie universe we're getting bloodshot and we're getting exo man of war and ninjack as movies says, pretty much it's like if it had more than five people view it at one point, we, are, we will bring it back and we'll turn it into a movie. So, I thankfully, the people in charge of doing the Godzilla and Kong movies, of which my dream is to see a Kong universe, like give me give me a, a rogues roster for Kong. I want to see Kong do the wacky adventures. I want to see Kong fight like a big monster of the week in different movies. That's kind of what I would love to see. They got they started down that path. If they can keep going down that, because they can keep making Kong films till the cows come home, is all they want, because they have the rights. So, unlike Godzilla, where they got to renegotiate, Kong, they're like, yeah, we can stamp out another one in like 20 minutes and we'll throw it out there. And that's the beauty about, and the beauty about the way they've done those Kong films, you keep going back in time. You can do an 80s one, kind of like how Marvel's been doing, where we're playing with different timelines. You can do that all throughout the, throughout the day. And Kong, Skull Island, crap ton of money. And I, I guarantee after Kong vs. Godzilla, they'll be like, all right, what else can we do with this? If they're not already doing it. I know that debuts in 2020. 2020, Kong vs. Godzilla, 
Japan also gets a Nintendo Land, and it's their Olympics. Japan's also the Olympics will be in Japan, and Cherry Blossom Festival. So I think Japan's also tourism will be up. Their Universal Studios just announced they're getting a Godzilla versus Evangelion ride. Yeah. So for yeah, for for two months every year. They do Universal like a theme. They do like a theme down in Universal, Universal Japan. Japan is much cooler than Universal Studios, both Hollywood and Florida, in the aspects <laughs> of that. And for four months uh, during the summer every year, they have what they call um, the the Japan Summer Awesome Festival. Or it's 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 something translated to that, it's where they take four properties and they turn them into uh, 3D motion rides or temporary rides. So the last few years they've had they had an Attack on Titan. It was terrifying. Yeah, you are literally like it's it's a 3D ride, and you're on the 3D gear, and you're running from Titans as they're grabbing you, trying to eat you, and stuff like you're in the mouth of the Titans. Then you're like on Aaron's shoulder as he's in Titan form, beating the crap out of another Titan. So, but they also have like a giant Titan outside that you can take photos with, as if you were being eaten. They had a Monster Hunter where you can literally go in, pretend you are a Monster Hunter, and fight like you and a group of other guys, like pretend you got swords and stuff. So last year they did an Evangelion experience where it's like you were piloting Unit 1. You were in the po- cockpit as you were fighting an angel. And it was like a 10-minute ride. Super awesome. Then they did one, uh, a companion piece to it, where you were in an airship attacking Shin Godzilla and going through as Shin Godzilla is like literally like annihilating everything. You're part of that like final bombing squ- squadron. So this year, because it was a joke when it first came out, like, Ava versus uh, Godzilla, they're like, no, we're going to do it. We're going to produce, like, this 15-minute ride where you're going to watch Unit 1 and probably Unit 0 fight Shin Godzilla. And they they just announced it, and already, like, I think, like, pre-sale tickets have, like, gone through the roof. Like, they're, like, the first, like, two weeks already sold out or something like that. So Wait, when does it come out again? It comes out, it starts at the end of March of 2019 and goes to the beginning of July. Okay. So if you got 10 grand, you want to drop and go to Japan and go visit <laughs> it. It's in Osaka. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, you just pray that some guy takes his video camera on there and you can watch weird, grainy 3D footage captured through a high-def camera. That's about the only way we're ever really going to get to see it over here. Okay. Uh, we had a lovely gentleman dressed as the Riddler with his hand up much earlier. I'm so sorry. Oh, I didn't get to call yeah. on your question. I, I'm just, I really hope that uh, Godzilla King of Monsters does makes money because I really want to see that King Kong versus Godzilla. Oh, you're getting it no matter what. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> going to happen. They're like, no. Really that, 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 was, uh, that was Thomas Toll, the guy who used to run um, Legendary before he sold it to the Chinese. Okay. This was his passion. This is why he started a production company. He's like, because he was a billionaire hedge fund guy. Like, that's how he made his money. And he's like a super nerd. And he's just like, I want to make movies. I have no idea how to make movies, but uh, I want to make movies. And one of his dreams was to do a Kong film and do a Godzilla film. And if he, he even said, he's like, if I can, I'm going to do the rematch. And thus he made it happen. Right before he got booted out of Legendary. So he got everything set in stone, and then they're like, you have made some bad business choices. You can stay on to the Godzilla movies and the 300 movies we do more, but past that, you are not allowed to do anything else. So he's off doing some other um, uh, like endeavor that just to crank out more money for, for him. But he gets a say, and he, he has a full producing credit on all these movies. And as long as they keep getting made, and I'm pretty sure he'll make sure that they keep getting made, but... You know, and he, ironically, he's probably the best person to have have around to keep making sure that, you know, if you want to keep seeing these every couple of years. Well, yeah, I want 
Yeah, the, this is the guy that that you kind of want. Like he's a gigantic nerd. Like he's the reason why Guillermo del Toro made Pacific Rim because he he aggressively chased after him. He's the reason why we have we we got the Dark Knight trilogy. It was because of that guy. Went to Warner Brothers is like, I know this Christopher Nolan guy, and you know he I think he'd do good. So yeah. yeah. They did. The, yeah. After, after. Anytime you be bought out by a large company, especially mm-hmm. international, yeah, you, know sh- sucks, you should expect. Yeah. Yeah. You well, should expect to not be there. <laughs> well, look, look, but to be honest, on uh, for some clarity, more legendary had a few not so great home runs. I mean, they had stuff like um, they produced the, the the stuff that Thomas Toll wanted to make wasn't exactly stuff that huge audiences were going to see. There was like Seventh Son. Um, a couple of other like weird in Pacific Rim didn't exactly light the world on fire. It has a very strong fan base. It did well, but it wasn't like yeah, we might not do more of these. And then turns out it did gangbusters in China. And Tall wasn't even the reason why they made Pacific Rim Uprising. It was like the new Chinese overlords are like, nope, more giant monsters, yeah, they more giant robots. They wanted more butts and seats. And exactly. Made it, so they yeah. made it. And the reason why we have a lot of this, a lot of the weird, wacky stuff that we do, like the wall. Wall was one of the last things Thomas Tall, like, pushed for. He actually wrote that, and he wrote it with China in mind. He's like, a lot of our movies make a ton of money in China. Let's do it, but we need to sell it over here somehow. So let's throw Matt Damon in there because it's Matt Damon. And a lot of people don't. They're like, hey, hey, what, what's Matt? It's like China still loves Matt Damon. Like, they people seem to think that, like, an American actor cannot be in these films because it's like, hey, you're kind of shitting on this. I'm like, no, like, American movies do huge. The Fast and Furious movies are some of the biggest goddamn movies in China ever of all time. All time. Star Wars cannot put a butt in the seat for those. Fast and Furious cannot get a seat. And that's that's the stuff people, they, they recognize Vin Diesel as much as they would recognize, like, Jet Li or Jackie Chan. Like, those movies are massive. That market is huge. That's why you see a lot... When you next time you go to a movie, and you sit down, and you see the if there's more than four production company logos that pop up, one of them is Chinese. One of them definitely is Tencent, Chinese. Tencent, Alibaba Pictures, uh, H Brothers. Um, yeah. There's also there's like four other ones, and yep. if they don't have a weird Chinese name, there's probably someone from China in there. So. I mean, that's, that's how they did it with Mission Impossible. They did. But I know, like, World of Warcraft and John Carter did really well in China mm-hmm. and internationally. And, yeah, even though and, and John Carter was a... That, that was that was sad they didn't do that well. I, John Carter was a fantastic movie. Like The Mummy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Mummy, like... The, that was yeah. not for us. That was for them. For, oh, the Tom Cruise Mummy movie? Yeah. yeah. I, you know what? I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was a fun, like, 90 minutes. <laughs> Look, and I, I love the... I love the Brendan Fraser mummy, the, the first two. Yes. Yeah. I love the first two. Those are fantastic. Like, yeah. Well, no, they were just they were they wanted to be again. Money is money is the great dictator of everything in life. Um, you look, I mean, look at go downstairs. What what's the most what's the thing most people are selling? It's pops because that's what everyone's buying. So that's what everyone's going. To. And I can tell you for a fact as a seller, there's not a lot of overhead on those pops. They, the guys selling those things are making like four dollars compared to the ten that they're paying for them. So uh, money dictates everything. And when Marvel decided we're going to do a universe, then everybody's like, "Let's do our own universes." <laughs> some have gotten it, some did. Thankfully, the Godzilla people figured it out. Take the shield aspect, 
that's your your running off point. Everything else you build you build the movie around it. And then you have something like The Mummy, where it's like we're going to connect all these characters, which is not a bad idea. Has been done, can still be done. They just didn't think it through. That was the problem. Much like. And again, this isn't me completely shitting on DC. I do like the DC movies, but it does feel a little rudderless. And in this aspect, that it just feels like we're just throwing stuff at the screen and seeing what sticks. I don't. I never felt that those movies needed to be built like the Marvel movies did, where it's like we got to build to Avengers and everything has to work in this fine timeline. It's like I don't know, just have them all in the same universe where it's like Batman can call Superman if he needs to. But stuff's going on. Everyone's dealing with their own stuff. And if they need to, they can all team up to do a movie. Nothing has to really build anything. Just the fact that we know that they're all there and everyone can tell their own stories, much like a, much like the comic books actually do. So that's why we have what we have. That's the main reason why we do have the MonsterVerse and the idea that they're pushing to add, uh, from last I read, they were pushing to add um, their own homemade monsters in these things now too. Like, do, like, kind of like back in the day when, in Japan, when you had, you know, everyone copying, you know, Godzilla. And we had Gamera. And we had X from Outer Space. You had Gappa, the Triphibian Monster. You had all these really varying degrees of execution. Of Some of them are great. Some of them are just really bad. Uh, but because they were making a ton of money, that's we're doing our own version. And sometimes you get gold, you get Gamera, and sometimes you get X from Outer Space, which is, yeah. I guess my point was that, that sometimes certain, certain movies feel like they release them here as like a formality. It is. They're made yeah. Yeah. with that audience. So yeah, well, the world's shrinking. The internet has brought the world down. The world isn't, it's, I mean, in about another 25 years, it's nothing's really going to be made for a particular market anymore. It's going to be made with worldwide appeal because that's where the money's going to be. New media and Netflix has really changed that yeah. a lot. Every, every company's yeah. going to have their own streaming. No, 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 no. Uh, mark my words. That is not going to be the. That's not going to be the way. Like that. I mean, fil- the the. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Did, did any of you ever subscribe to Filmstruck? So you did. So you're feeling the pain right now. Yeah. Um, so Filmstruck was. I think who put who put that out? It was Warner Brothers to put it out, right? It was like an indie label that they had the Criterion collection and a bunch of like very wonderful older classier films. Um, it just they just announced yesterday, hey, next month that's it. Anybody that was billed, you're getting uh, your full refund. Because there wasn't enough. There's it's still caught there's still an overhead. Everyone thinks that like streaming is you know, there's not a lot there's still a ton of overhead with that stuff. You're seeing it I think with Netflix right now, they're not I think they're being coy about it, but the fact that you're seeing the Marvel shows getting cancelled, uh, they just announced the cancellation of American Vandal. Uh, they're wrapping up on um, a lot of the, Orange is the New Black is ending. Um, was it House of Cards is House ending cards. for various for obvious other reasons. But <laughs> I think you're going to see this in the next few months where Netflix is just going to announce a ton of cancellations because we're with 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 um, regular TV. There's 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 um, what's the word I'm looking for? The, they're they're up, they're up too. So you know you know what's going on. You know the numbers they're pulling. Netflix, Hulu, they don't release these numbers because they're like, if you knew exactly what was going on, people would not be investing in us. That's why they don't. It's the exact reason they don't release their numbers because I guarantee as 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 much as the, a lot of these shows are runaways and we have them because of that, they are pulling nowhere near the numbers of what they would be on network still. Like Arrow and Flash. For as much as they're getting a little kind of retreaded right now, where it's like, mm, you guys probably should have thought this stuff out a little further, 
they're they're justified in keeping going because they're still pulling in like three, four million people, two million people a week at least probably. Where when you launch everything at once, everyone just eats it up, and then that stuff is still taking up space on their hard drives, on their servers, and it's like. No one's watching, and not only that, but Daredevil, all those Marvel shows were not cheap shows. They were expensive. American Vandal, for as cheap as it looked, I'm guaranteed still had cost quite a bit of money. All these movies, all these wonderful shows, y'all, that's why you've seen a pump of um, documentaries start coming up. Hulu has really focused heavily on the documentary market, which, if you get a chance, go through there. They have magnificent documentaries. There are some wonderful. There. Did you watch Batman and Bill? Yes, I did. If you get, get a chance. Yes. And anybody at home too? There is a magnificent documentary called Batman Bill. It's about Bill Finger, the co the pro- the true co-creator of Batman, uh, and the guy who was trying to get Bill the proper um, credit, credit that, he that he deserved. Because turns yes. out Bob Kane, gigantic asshole in real life. Um, Bill, for real quick, the, the the basic story is Bob had the idea for Batman. His Batman was a dude in red leotard. No face, swinging, mask. no face mask, swinging out like Zorro. Went to Bob, went to Bill. He's like, Bill, I need this gussied up because the execs at what was now DC is like, you have something we need to fill. Bill created the suit. Bill created the Batcave. Bill created Alfred. Bill created, co-created uh, Joker. Co-created Robin. Created the idea of his parents dying. All the basic Batman lore created by Bill Finger. Guess who did not get anything? Who got all the credit and all the money? Bob Kane. Bob Kane. Stan Lee even yeah. tells a story. He's like, I knew Bob very well. Bob was Bob. And that is a nice person saying, that person's ass. When you hear the someone's name twice, oh. that's code for this person's kind of a dick, but I put up with them. So, give it, 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 it's heartbreaking. And it is also like uplifting the fact that, you know, when you see someone actually go to bat for somebody else, it's something that I would truly uh, tell you guys go home tonight, fine. It's called Batman and Bill. It's on Hulu. All right, so here is question number three, the third and final one. Next year, Godzilla King of the Monsters will finally bow. A good five-year wait in between Legendary's original Godzilla and the much-awaited sequel featuring Godzilla, Rodan, Mothra, and King Ghidra, and possibly, possibly, I'm guessing Kong, and something else. It's been alluded to there might be more monsters in there. I guarantee Kong's in that. It's a cool post-credit sequence, though. But that is besides the point. The question... I am prosing to you, third and final question, to get these goodie prizes for uh, our Chris- Kaiju Christmas, is the following. Godzilla King of the Monsters is being directed by Michael Dodery. I want the name of the two other legendary films he has directed. They are horror films, and that is the only other clue I'm going to give you. So they were produced by Legendary, and they are horror films. With that, you give me the, those two films on top of the other two questions. If you give all those rights, you get a prize. Now, uh, stay tuned for the final post-credits of, uh, of this episode. I know it's been a little janky, but just hang in there with me. Does who have that documentary about the Pogorasi? No, uh, Netflix does. Netflix does. Which is a Korean, uh, North Korean kaiju film. The has only North Korean kaiju film. You've heard, okay, so you've heard it. You've heard of it. So, Kim Jong-il, uh, <laughs> much like many uh, megalomaniacs and despots, loves Hollywood. 
They love Hollywood. Hitler films. loved Hollywood. Mussolini loved Hollywood. All these guys loved Hollywood. They all wanted to be stars, directors, and so they couldn't. And much like serial killers who all want to be musicians, you know, they moved on to different uh, different jobs. So he kidnapped a very famous um, director. Uh, very, well, he he got the director. Because he kidnapped wife. his wife first. Who's an actress. At a film festival in, uh, t- in Hong Kong. They kidnapped him to North Korea. Told the, told the husband, you want her back, you got to come with us. Then held him hostage for 22 years, forcing him to make all of his movies. And one of the movies he made was this very communist propaganda film called Polgasari, which was about a um, stone-eating monster that pretty much toppled the uh, oppressive, you know, uh, capitalist government and helped rise up the, uh, the, um, the common man. The effects were done by Toho. They were asked to come out, and, like, they hadn't made a Godzilla movie in about five years. The man, uh, Kenpacho Satsuma, I believe I'm mangling his name, the man who would go on to be Godzilla in the 90s was asked to come out, too, because he was one of the last remaining suit actors working in Japan at the time. They're like... You want to come to North Korea for about three weeks and shoot some stuff? And they were all tepid, but the government's like, I, we think this would be a good, you know, olive branch for everybody. And thus they did. And it's it's not a great movie, but it's a funky and weird film that you really do need to see. That is on the film itself is on Amazon Prime. If you get a chance to watch it, it's the documentary or the document. Well, the documentary if you want to pay to pay to watch it is on Amazon Prime. But if you want to watch it for free, it's on Netflix. It's called The Lovers and the Despot. They they rarely they barely touch over Polkasari because it was one of a hundred movies they made this this guy produce, and they only got away because North Korea was like we want to go to Khan. In like 1978 or or 80, okay, so they went to Italy or no 1988 yeah so they went yeah, to Italy for a film festival and they ducked out of the car and yeah. ran straight to the U S embassy yeah and they had hours and hours of them talking with Kim Jong Il which who at the time no one in America had ever heard his voice and so they brought all this information they're like can you just get us the hell out of North Korea and out of yeah they're like yeah of course <laughs> so and the problem was is that these the the, the director and his wife were seen as pariahs in South Korea because they spread rumors that these guys, that they defected on their own to North Korea. And that wasn't, that wasn't the case. No, they were tricked telling them the first time they were going to like a Chinese film festival mm-hmm. and that's how they got kidnapped. Yeah. And then when they ducked out of the car in mm-hmm. Italy because every megalomaniac wants to believe that his film is amazing mm-hmm. and they want to go to like a Western film, it's trying, you know, it's like trying to tell them like you're going to go to, you know, Comic-Con or the Grammys or... The Academy Awards, they, he wanted to do that, mm-hmm. went to Italy. Yeah. And then that's how they ducked, James Bond ducked and rolled out of the vehicle and ran straight to like a U.S. Now, embassy. the addendum to that, the gentleman in question, the director in question, did go on to have a minor career in Hollywood. He produced, and I believe wrote, the first two Three Ninjas movies. Oh. Yes. And then he remade Polkasari as a kid's film out here uh, for on a low budget and turned this grotesque, iron-eating monster into a cute hippopotamus-looking puppet. And he unfortunately passed away, I think, like 10 years ago. His wife is still alive and uh, tells whoever will listen. It's like, these people are maniacs. Like, we dealt with them. Like, they're, it's, it's, it's not a good time. So... It's kind of weird how, how life works that way. And um, on that note, I think anybody else got anything they want to bring up? Like, we got like 10 more minutes. 
Disney streaming service, Disney streaming service will time? go through, yes, because they have they have property. It's Disney. They have IPs. They already announced that they're doing like a low key show with Tom Hiddleston. They're like, yeah, they can back up a dump truck full of money and keep uh, that thing going. It could be hemorrhaging. It could be hemorrhaging all over the place, and they'll, in order to keep their stock up, they'll keep that thing going for at least five years before they pull the plug on it. Because I know that we'll see Hella and Loki back in like little shorts for Disney streaming. I think streaming will will eventually. Right now, it's everyone's going to have to learn the hard lesson. It's like there's even though it's a wide open world, there's only so much room for all this stuff. I think we're hitting a saturation point of original content. That there's just so much. Like, how many shows have people told you you need to watch and you have not gotten around to it? Like, yeah. and if they were physical DVDs, they'd be like a Scooby Doo sandwich right now, just yeah. stacked a mile high. <laughs> That's. I mean, it, it's a it's a beautiful thing and it's a horrible thing at the same time because there's all this <laughs> awesome art out there. There's all these wonderful shows that would never got made on network TV. They're out there. You just don't have the time, or you just they get lost in the shuffle of everything. Yeah. I I know people are telling me it's like you gotta watch Haunting of Hill House. It's like the greatest thing ever. It's like I'm I trying work. to finish Daredevil. And yeah. Castlevania came out. I just I don't have time. Yeah. The, Sabrina's I, also out. Yeah, now. Sabrina's out. I got there's there's a there's a uh, Indonesian action film called The Night Came for Us. I saw like all this just passes by. I'm just like yeah yeah I don't have time. Like I I I'm not. 20 anymore where I, where I was horribly unemployed or I was, you know, working like an early shift. I was up all night. I don't... Yeah. I mean, I, I'm single. I still don't have time for all this stuff. Uh, you had a you had a question? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you guys know more about how streaming networks, how they make money off of that? Or yeah, it's subscription. It's, it's like HBO. That's why HBO can afford... Um, $150 million for the entire season of Game of Thrones. That's why they, they subscribe, and those numbers will jump for those shows. So they show in when they go to their to you know to their quarterly earnings and stuff like that. They will show you it's like okay, they have to be clear with how many subscribers they have, but that doesn't tell you who's watching what. They know who's watching what, but they don't tell you. They don't, they don't have you, no. to, they don't have to no. divulge that information. They just tell you, and they are up. They have record numbers this last quarter because of. Tennis, I, I, I yeah. I know HBO and Netflix are basically the two kings of streaming. Mm-hmm. As far as film is concerned, I was just wondering. You know, I mean, if I, you know, was forced to watch every Netflix show that I missed, yeah, you I never. Would be gone for like three years. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be surprised. My grandmother's gone through half of them now. Yeah. When you have all the time in the world, my grandmother, my grandparents did not have cable ever. I moved in with them to take care of them in their their twilight years, and I'm like, hey. You ever see The Sopranos? No. They watched it in a week. They watched all eight seasons in a week. And then they're like, what else you got? I'm like, well, there's this show called Weeds. They loved Weeds. <laughs> showed them The Shield. Showed them, and they became junkies because they have, they, they, you got nothing going on. They went through 10 years of cable television, at least 25 shows in under six months. They would watch whole discs like at a time, like 10 like if they there was like five episodes of an hour show, they would watch that whole Disney. They like all right, I'll save the next for you know later on. They went through Deadwood, everything HBO had offered. They went through it, and then there was stuff like I was like my grandfather was like I, I kind of like that um, Sex in the City show. I'm like really <laughs> did not would not get past the second episode of Breaking Bad. Said no, not for me. Fat, fat to it. So my grandmother, she's constantly just like I taught her how to use Netflix. 
You need to go explore. I can't be here to hold your hand. And then she found out, well, what's this Jack Ryan thing? Oh, that's on Amazon. Oh, that's why I couldn't find it on Netflix. <laughs> and unfortunately, Amazon streaming service is delightful and it blows ass at the same time because their algorithm is garbage. Um, then that, you know, that's probably where your three is going to be. Your, you'll, you'll have your Disney. You'll have your, your Netflix. Hulu will survive now because now that Disney owns the majority of them. And uh, probably... Um, yeah, so Netflix, Amazon, Disney, who they'll probably be about four main streaming services in about five years from now. Where we're all time, like everyone's starting up one, we'll see four big ones. So everyone's going to go back to licensing in about four years. I guarantee it. Yeah? On that topic, you heard about Next TV, the Katzenberg project? Yes. What do you think about that? How's that going to. The dumbing down of America, as I call it? The, the Cubo, <laughs> the 10 minute things? Like, look, I, I'm only 34, and I, I look at guys that are 10 years younger than me, they're just like. Dude, it's like this, this is Ernest Borgnine said it best in uh, basketball. Kids these days only have uh, attention spans that can be measured in nanoseconds. That is the unfortunate thing that, like, in, 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 I'm not talking crap completely on on YouTube because it, it is a believe me. I've learned many things. I learned how to how to fix a dent in my car from YouTube. Those are great. Those are the things are great. Yeah, but sitting there. Watching a, um, a a kid play games so you can hear someone's lame ass commentary really says a you have no sense of humor and b um, you're you're dumbing yourself down because you could be doing this. Uh, my 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 best friend his kids downstairs and he, two years ago I asked him what do you want to do when you grow up I want to be a YouTube star and he's like oh yeah I don't know how to tell that to you but you missed the bus on that by about five years now everybody's got one it, it's like it's like it was like the podcast game. Ten years ago, three people. It was Ricky Gervais, it was Adam Carolla, and it was Kevin Smith. And now everyone's got a podcast. You're up here listening to one right now, like live, the the wonderful 15 people here. That's how easy it is to do now. So it's it's a matter of you just you, it, it all boils down to stuff that a lot of people don't ever want to hear. Just work, and you got to have talent. And if you have the talent, the talent will shine through if you put the work in. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't have talent. They want that there's that narcissism that we are festering in this society today. I know I'm, I'm getting up on my old grandpa, like thrown in, but it's just, but it's really, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's really everyone's special, but like, and again, to call back to another great movie, as Syndrome said, when everyone's special, nobody is special. And that's, we're on the, we're, 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 that wave is cresting right now. It's going to come crashing down. The fact that YouTube is pulling away, um, the the monetary gains, unless you have, I think it's like a minimum of like 150,000 views per video now, you can't, and even then, that's not getting you a ton of money anymore. Like those guys, PewDiePie and all those guys, they're locked in, they're grandfathered in. Um, that's why they started YouTube Red, which uh, give me about five years and we'll see where that's at. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that might that might go the way of the Dodo as well. Like, again, Netflix, all that stuff. The, the, the one, yeah, the one thing I think, I, I think that has changed is the fact that we're no longer time locked to certain things. Like a release date is one thing, but sitting down in front of your TV at a specific date, at a specific time of the day, that's probably going away. That's probably the one thing that you're going to see. Like, you know, yeah, I, 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 I like Hulu's method better, where it's like you have to wait a week right. in between. You can wait till they all come out and watch them all, but there is still, <coughs> excuse me, something sitting there waiting, letting the anticipation build, and then. 
B, they're being pissed off by, it's not how I wanted it to go, or it's like, how dare they? Or B, it's like, oh, I need more, but damn it, i got to wait a whole week. i got to wait a week. That's, it's, that, it's the Saturday morning syndrome where it's like, there's a, it's a two-parter. No, no, no. Like, every time X-Men did that stuff, I'm like, wait, what do you mean? What Cyclops, he's, he's, the Sentinel's coming down on him. What the hell's going to happen? And you spend the week with your buddies like, I don't know, he's going to gather, man. Like, his, his power's really turned off. Go ahead, sorry. Did you have something to say? Yeah, I was just going to say that one of the things I learned <coughs> from you know, appointment television watching back in the day is the next day, either going to work or school, or depending on my age, mm-hmm. um, was like, oh, did you see what happened on The Sopranos? Oh, my God, the part where the... Da, 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 da. The water cooler talk, yeah. yeah. I, I missed yeah. that, and now it's just the whole, like, oh, dude, I just streamed it all last night, and I didn't sleep a week, and I'm, in, I'm like... Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, no, that's what was really good. Yeah. yeah. Episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> she still she she still does that to to a point. She was she was doing that with the um the Marvel Netflix shows. She would she would do like a um so she, you what you would watch an episode and then you do like a little commentary and then go into the next one. Oh no! I put up a video on my Facebook page where I kind of invited everybody to go to a private page so we wouldn't spoil it to other people where we had. Every single episode, I had every single title of the episode up. So as we're watching it, whenever you're done or whenever you want to, you can comment on it. So you're able to be on the private Facebook group and talk with other people because we've all seen it. So we all know it's spoilers, but don't post it on your own wall. Or if you comment, because somebody might accidentally see it because they may not binge it all at once. And I've done it for every single Marvel show. Pretty much. I love that we came in here to talk monsters and we got all this hot streaming talk on. Yeah. yeah. It's fantastic. People at home are probably listening. Like, what the hell? This is not normal. We, we do. We do go on. We do get sidetracked. But that's what was great about the animated Godzilla. Is it that is. at 12:01 I mm-hmm. could pause halfway through, use oh, the yes. restroom, brush my teeth, get a midnight snack, late snack, come back and continue watching. It was. It was nice to retire to my study in order to not be bothered to watch. Um, to watch that first animated movie. So, yeah. but at your same point, the 1966 Batman was really great because it always ended with next time, same bad same time. Bat time, same, same bat, bat channel, time. and you had that anticipation growing. So there's positives and negatives to both ends. Mm-hmm. Do you have some? Yeah. Uh, so with streaming subscribers and everything, is there anything at all happening on the back end of that? Oh yeah, no. I mean, you gotta realize um, the the a lot of those shows are are co-produced, so. There, there's, there's monetary gain being made. Like everything's contractually knocked out. All right, so we're also getting the time that we got to wrap up. So, hey, thanks guys for coming out. We appreciate it. Did you, guys, did you guys at least have fun? Was it worth your 45 minutes? Awesome. That's all we can ask for. If you liked what you heard here, we actually go deeper into into monster movies. We are the Kaiju Kingdom podcast. We are on panzercrush.com we are on iTunes and Stitcher as well go find us there we have all kinds of wonderful things well, thank you, you comic, LA Comic Con thank you for coming out thank you for that. dealing with us within uh, the last 45 minutes you guys will have a wonderful rest of your show bye the last minute thing and uh, we didn't really have, a, have anything to show or really do we just kind of talked but if you enjoyed it uh, thank you thank you so much uh, on that note <clears throat> if you've listened to this whole episode you have got your questions already I am not going to repeat them here because well that would just make it easier for everyone else you got to listen to the whole episode with that being said uh, again where to enter your three your three answers to those three questions following address the dot kaiju dot kingdom dot podcast at gmail dot com send your answers there in the header. Put Kaiju Christmas. 
and if your questions are correct, you will get a confirmation email from me, uh, and we will go from there. I'll get your information if you win. <clears throat> With that being said, you have from November 23rd to December 7th at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time to enter. Anything after that will be ignored. Sorry, uh, because I want to get this stuff out to you guys. So, once again, Kaiju Christmas, at send your answers to the.kaiju.kingdom.podcast at gmail.com. <clears throat> and uh, if you win, you get some goodies. It's completely random, but uh, something very cool. So, with that being said, that will wrap up this episode of the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. If you like what you hear, again, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. We are also on Twitter, at the Kaiju Kingdom, all one word. Um, <clears throat> and uh, we have a busy 2019 coming up. Uh, if we get to one more episode for this year, I hope to get one more out. But if not, this might be the final episode of the year. I want to say thank you for everyone for putting up uh, with our erratic schedule. Uh, I know I said that last year, but things have gotten even more erratic. Uh, Jessica has taken on a very big job. If you follow her, you kind of know what's going on with her. Um, and just, yeah, I mean, the daily struggles of life get to all of us. So uh, I hoped to have something bigger and better for you guys in, in the coming 2019, if you don't hear from us. Um if not, if at the very least, I might just jump on and uh, give some quick uh, thoughts to the stuff we didn't get to at the uh, the end of this year. Uh, but we'll see. Again, work is kind of uh, hectic. But I will promise to get all that stuff out to you guys. All you have to do is just enter. Uh, you have the information, so please, enter away. It I, doesn't matter how many times you want to try. If you get it wrong the first time, you are more than welcome to try to enter the, the second time. But the first 15, to get it right, will get those goodies. So that will do it for this edition of the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast for myself and Jessica. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>